0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Who Are You and What Do You Do? As always, I'm your host, Chris Goley, and today I'm joined by Fire Chief Greg Glauner. Greg? Hello, everyone. Thanks for sitting down with me.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: So, um, you know, we'll get things started. Uh, by a question I usually ask everybody. You know, so, how long have you worked for the City of Brunswick? Uh,
1: I've been with the City of Brunswick Division of Fire for about four and a half years now.
0: Okay, and then... Um, you know, and, and you've been in different capacities within that time, correct?
1: I, yes, I, that's correct. I, I uh, was hired on as assistant chief, and um, I spent about two and a half years in that position. And the chief uh, moved on to another position in another community, and I uh, took the role of fire chief.
0: And so, uh, you know, have you always been a firefighter or involved in, you know, fire departments, or have you had any other jobs?
1: No, I, I think I, in a lot of ways, I grew up uh, on the fire department. I was hired by the city of Cleveland at the age of 20, so I have, uh, I believe I'm in my 41st year of firefighting now.
0: Wow, that's pretty impressive. Um, was it, like, a, in, in a way, a family business? Was, you know, anybody in your family firefighters, or was this something that you just... We're destined to do?
1: Um, no, my father was a, a firefighter. Actually, he retired as assistant chief of the city of Cleveland, and from there, he became the chief for the city of Brooklyn. He's now retired, um, and I followed in his footsteps, and my son followed in my footsteps. He's now a Columbus firefighter for the past eight years, and he just got promoted to the rank of lieutenant. Oh, wow. Well, good for him. That's That's... Uh, pretty impressive
0: and why is why is it such a family affair with it seems with fire departments in particular that that your story is not totally uncommon where your father is a firefighter now your son is a firefighter um you know what what about the job kind of brings that family atmosphere like that
1: i think um it's um There's no better job than being a firefighter, and uh, it's kind of the best-kept secret, you know, and, uh, you know, between families they talk about it and they impart impart that uh, desire to serve and uh, that camaraderie that goes along with the job and that uh, sense of family. that second family away from home, and I just think that's uh, you know being a firefighter to me. Um, like I, I ride motorcycles, I, lo- I love to ride, um, but it's not a defining characteristic of who I am. And being a firefighter is. That's
0: interesting perspective. I, I yeah I wouldn't have thought of it like that. But uh, we'll we'll move over to this. So you said that forty uh, first year.
1: I okay. believe so, yes.
0: Yeah, within there, and you said, you, obviously, you've worked here in Brunswick and then in the city of Cleveland, so uh, what are the differences between those types of, of or the Cleveland Fire Department and the Brunswick Fire Department, just, you know, with responsibilities, and, you know, obviously, there's a lot more uh, area to cover within the city of Cleveland than there is here, so, you know, how does how does that sort of change from department to department?
1: Well, in the city of Cleveland, I retired at the uh, rank of assistant chief, and Uh, so I oversaw the actions of um, approximately 850 people. Here we have 24 uh, firefighters uh, working for the city of Brunswick but uh, in a bigger city there's a lot more going on. Uh, The structures are older, they're uh, constructed differently Uh, the risks there are different than they are here. you're in a lot of ways. Uh, people feel much safer in the suburbs, but uh, still, things happen, and you, you always have to be ready. Um, but in the city of Cleveland, I was in charge uh, as a battalion chief of one sixth of the city, so that was my district. But we were always called into other areas, and they're uh, a high-rise, high-rise district, and uh, there's just a lot going on that doesn't that doesn't happen here. So uh, it's a, it's a um, It's just a different animal altogether, I think. And you just used
0: the the term battalion chief, so you kind of led me into this question, but... Uh, you know, what are the the different rankings within the defi- uh, fire department, uh, you know, and you can just talk about here in Brunswick, but well, you know, maybe just even overall
1: how how that varies. Sure. So, well, in the city of Cleveland, there were four ranks of firefighters before you became a journeyman. The first uh, level, uh, uh, officer's level, was lieutenant. So you would be in charge of your company on your shift. So one fire apparatus. A captain would be in charge of uh, overall of the entire station. Uh, Battalion chief would be in charge of an area, uh, so a a number of stations. Assistant chief would be in charge of the entire city, so we work three shifts, A, B, and C, or one, two, and three, 24-hour shifts, so the assistant chief would be in charge of uh, one shift, and so every day would be a different chief for three consecutive days. And then, of course, the chief would oversee all operations. Here in the city of Brunswick, and most of the... Uh, you know, your, the smaller suburbs, uh, there isn't as is, uh, much of a division in ranks because there's not a, as many things to supervise. So there's a lieutenant, which would be the shift commander, and an assistant chief, which uh, would uh, be responsible most generally for uh, operations, and then the chief that would have the overall uh, responsibility of, of taking care of everything.
0: And that's, I mean, incredibly detailed, but obviously, you know, very important to what you're doing and trying to keep things organized and concise. But you know, sometimes it's it's tough to imagine that there's that much, you know, d- you know, division within, you know, just one single fire department.
1: There, there is a um, there's a series. For, for emergency operations, there's a series of five, and ideally, you, no one person should oversee the actions of more than five to eight individuals. So if an officer is in charge of uh, of two or three people, a lieutenant and, and uh, an assistant chief is in charge of... Um, You know, up to five companies, Um, and that's how—that's really how it is. It's more of a military thing, where, you know, even the terminology of battalions and things like that, and uh, lieutenant and captain, and uh, so they. But that's what it is. It's for. uh, It's all designed for emergency operations. How can uh, we oversee the actions of all individuals so that everyone remains safe and so that the job gets done, and so hopefully we can affect a positive outcome.
0: Right. And so you talk about all those different roles. Uh, How do you, quote unquote, I guess, go through the ranks? So how do you advance your career as a firefighter?
1: Well, most uh, fire departments are are, uh, civil service based, so they'll have an examination and uh, you'll get maybe six or eight books, and possibly a, an oral interview or an, in, uh, an in-basket exercise of sorts. And it's wh- whoever you know rises to the top, whoever ends up with the best score, uh, most generally ends up getting the position. You said,
0: it, what is an in-basket exercise? So what well, would that entail? So
1: every, I think every occupation, you come in in the morning and uh, there are things to do, and you have a basket full of, of incoming mail and problems and issues that uh, need addressed. So you maybe you'll have 50 in a, in a testing scenario, and uh, you'll have a very limited amount of time, so you have to sort through those and figure out, uh, you know, prior, prioritize them and then respond to each one uh, accordingly, all within a set amount of time. Um, it's a challenging exercise.
0: Yeah, that's, uh, it sounded interesting, so that's why I thought I would follow up and ask uh, you know obviously we talked a little bit and we've touched on some of the emergency response but there's also additional responsibilities as far as uh you know with new construction and different businesses and going around and making sure that they're fire safe so uh, you know what are what do those responsibilities entail what does that look like when you're doing those examinations and looking over plans and things like that
1: well i think the a firefighter's responsibility is to uh to save lives and uh And protect property in that order and uh, we do that in a number of ways so fire suppression is a reactive or you know firefighting is a reactive uh, um, part of the job uh, where if there's an emergency we respond but aside from that we have Uh, fire prevention where uh, through that we will have code enforcement we'll look at buildings and the building department is responsible for making certain that a building is uh, erected properly and safely with sprinkler systems and exit lighting and things like that and uh, fire extinguishers in the in the proper places um, and uh, occupancy loads and things like that once Uh, you get uh, an occupancy permit, then it's up to the fire department to make sure that those features are maintained. So we do that. And then also through education. So we try and get into the school systems at an early age and teach fire safety and fire prevention, talk about fire escape plans and smoke detectors and things like that. And and that's another aspect of our job uh, since I've been here in the city of Cleveland. They were very fortunate to have a, a partnership with the American Red Cross in providing free smoke detectors to the citizens. And uh, when I got on in 1982 uh, to now, fires have have, uh, diminished by 50 percent. And I attribute a whole lot of that to the fact that people have installed smoke detectors in their homes. And shortly after I got here, the uh, the chief of Brunswick Fire Department at that time and myself worked with the American Red Cross to bring that program here. Uh, so we spend quite a, a considerable amount of time uh, soliciting uh, our residents for, for the opportunity to install smoke detectors in their home. And again, it's at no cost to the citizens. And uh, we, so the American Red Cross donates those to their generous uh, donors and we install them.
0: Yeah, and that's uh, that's not a need-based program. Uh, that's simply just a request-based program. And you can find that information on the Division of Fire page on the city website. Uh, you know, Brunswick.oh.us, and you go to yes. uh, the Division of Fire page, and you can find the information on how to get a hold of them so they can come out and you know install those new smoke detectors.
1: Yeah, and it, it isn't based on, as you said, it's not uh, uh, needs-based in the in the respect that it's not. Uh, someone that's impoverished or or in in need financially because um, a lot of times that's just not a priority it surprises me but uh, we go to so many fires where there are not working smoke detectors in the, in the home. That's one of the very first questions after the fire uh, that I inquire about. But it's it is it's based on a, a need in that they don't exist or they're not working. It's not financially uh, based. So a, anybody, and we try and get into the school systems too and send flyers home with the kids uh, and uh, you know try and approach it from every avenue we can because so many people just... They, you know, I, I think the commonality that I've seen in my career after a fire is that across the board, people never thought it would happen to them, and then it does. And there are a lot of anomalies that occur, uh, even a, a electrical shorts and outlets and things that cause, uh, you know, fires that sometimes take lives and, and and take all the belongings and the property from people that you never anticipated it occurring at all. Yeah, so let's...
0: Uh, obviously, a good tip, and if something that you know, you haven't thought about or you haven't done, definitely go and do that. Uh, that's what they're there for. Absolutely, uh, that's what the program is there for. So definitely, definitely, you know, brunswick.oh.us under the division of fire page, get that information. So you talk a little bit about uh, you know those emergency responses and things, and this is just a, as much of a personal question as it is, as it is one I think a lot of people wonder. But how do you stay ready? Even though not knowing when you're going to need to be ready, what what type of mentality? You know, obviously when you're on shift, the, there might not be in, in something to respond to or something to you know. That needs your service right away. So you might be at the fire station, and you might be cleaning things, you might be organizing, you might be doing some sort of paperwork, and but you will be called at a moment's notice. So how do you stay ready, you know, without knowing when you're going to need to be ready?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Actually, uh, last year we had a memorial for a firefighter that died here in the city of Brunswick in 1969, Ron Novak. Uh, responded to a brush fire, and uh, and he fell, and the fire overcame him. It was a very tragic event. And uh, so we had a memorial here, and we actually dedicated a monument uh, to Ron Novak. Um, and in that, I gave a presentation, and, and um, it, it was kind of a, a, a different approach at it, but I, I, I said... Uh, that basically I'd sit at a table at a fire station and, you know, maybe they would have a steak dinner on those rare occasions. And they'd sit down and they start eating their salad. And I would always question, why would you eat your salad first? Because it's cold and the steak is hot. You know, we're going to get an alarm and inevitably we'd get an alarm and uh, the steak would go cold they would come back. They'd put the steak in the microwave now and they'd start eating their salad again. And they get another run and it never and and I got I said that in that memorial just to demonstrate that on a moment's notice and Ron Novak was at church on a Sunday afternoon when the call came in for him to respond and they drop everything and that's what happens you head for the door and uh, collect your whatever you need along the way and, and you move out um, and so it, you know, so many times you'll, you, you might've gone to a fire or a medical run where you needed to jump in the shower and you got soap in your eyes and the, the alarm goes off and you respond, you know, and you can think of every other scenario in between, but um, you always have to be ready. So, uh, and, and I think readiness you know, it starts way earlier than when the bell goes off in the morning. When the shift changes, the very, very first thing they do is have a uh, an impromptu roll call, uh, or, or I'm, I should say a. a not a formal roll call, but they'll sit down at the table and they'll discuss what occurred the day before. They fill out a sheet for anything monumental that occurred, and they exchange that information. Uh, You know, maybe something's wrong with the apparatus or there was an event uh, that happened at a a particular address that they needed to be uh, mindful of. And um, immediately after that, they go to the apparatus and they check their masks. They need to be safe. And uh, then they check the medical equipment. They open up uh, everything and make sure they have exactly what they need and they're able to respond. They fuel the apparatus. They start the pumps and exercise them to make sure they're working properly on the, on the fire truck and a whole lot of other things. So they're always ready. And uh, I'm more in an administrative role, but I respond to every fire, as does the assistant Achieve. even on my days off even in the evening hours i'll have a radio next to my bed at home i'll have a set of uh of clothing and a set of boots so and the keys to to the fire uh vehicle so that if the a call comes in i can jump into the the right clothes and get out the door and be on my way um so yeah this is a great question
0: yeah, and that I couldn't even imagine that. Sometimes uh, oversleeping just a little bit, and then I'm running behind. I'm like, man, why did I do that? Kicking myself as I'm, you know, waiting behind a school bus. or you know, there's some sort of construction going on, so traffic is delayed. So that you know, to be that prepared and to be at the ready, you know, probably is an exercise in in you know, repetition. Yeah. You know, obviously, as a firefighter, first responder, you're you're used to that a little bit more because you just have to do it all the time. Yeah. But
1: just years ago, before uh, cancer aware- awareness had, had reached the level that it has now, uh, which is a, is, a, is a really good thing. Um, You'd bring your, your fire, your bunker pants or your boots or whatnot into the dormitory with you and you'd set them up next to your bed. So when you pulled out you, you know on a cold winter night, because usually they'd open the apparatus doors and you know, you'd be, you be getting into your gear and it's that freezing cold air is coming in. So you'd have your boots right next to your bed and you'd jump right into them, throw your suspenders on and, and head out the door. So yeah, it's a, you're always in a, in a ready state, always always standing vigil to one degree or another and that's
0: even an interesting dynamic with you as chief you're saying they're they in a more administrative role but still there you are ready to go just like you know any of the uh, any of the guys that are ready to respond you know that are actively fighting or actively addressing a situation but you know you you are right along with them um, in that response time yeah so to kind of follow that up, Uh, you know, as a related question. So, you know, what is a typical day like as a fire chief? Is there such a thing as a typical day?
1: Um... I mean, there is a typical day. You have, you know, you have a plan of action in mind, but um, understanding that the the priority is always to serve the public and always to respond to their needs. So uh, there's a whole lot of times I'm involved in, you know, engaged in some sort of a meeting at City Hall or, uh, you know, on a construction site or uh, everywhere in between. Uh, most recently we had a fire. Chiefs Association's meeting in Medina and uh, we had a fire and uh, get up and go, turn the lights on and go. and the you know I remember a chief that I worked for many years ago, and he, he said part of the if you ever come to work and think there isn't going to be a problem, you're going to have a disappointing day because there always is one. And he had a whiteboard in his office, and he headed the whiteboard off with uh, with permanent marker saying uh, the problem of the day is. And he said half of the battle is just identifying that, and the and the other part of it is how how are you going to respond. And um, I you know I always come in with uh, my calendar full. But there's a, always a, a number of issues in between and I'm a hands-on guy so I like to fix things I like to build um, I certainly still uh, love to fight fires and I like to get involved and um, here in the city of Brunswick I'm so proud of the members of brunswick and and uh, you know I'm humbled by how hard they work and and how willing they are to serve um, but they get less fires here and they need that training so um, they uh, so often I'll go in the fire with them and, and uh, you know assist in guiding them and doing the right things and being safe and uh, just so most of what you do in the fire service is information imparted from one generation of firefighters to the next There's only so much you can learn in the books um, although I do think that's important too because you can't experience everything yourself you need to learn from other people's uh, experiences but um, so yeah I'm, I could be uh, in my dress uniform with a tie on one moment and uh, have soot on my face the, the next moment crawling through a fire.
0: Is that sort of variability something that you enjoy or is that something that you you know is just a part of the job?
1: I I, I believe that it, it to some degree it could be a, an addictive trait um I, uh, you know, I uh, I think that I have a lot of interests and I do a lot of things on my day off. And I, um, you know, I build and things like that. And people have told me I'm hard to follow um, because I'm always moving at, at the speed of light. And I think that's part of being a crisis manager um, that you're, you're all, you know, everything is it has a certain level of urgency to it, and uh, it doesn't ever bother me at all to be you know, have my calendar full and have more things, more things dumped on it. Um, you just re- continually reprioritize.
0: Interesting perspective on that. Um, so I, I always try to wrap things up with, you know, a couple of lighter questions and uh, Fire departments have a big association with cooking and with food and things like that. And you talked about the family atmosphere, and even a big part of that is you know sitting down sharing meals. So who's the best cook at the at the Brunswick Fire Department, and what's what's their dish?
1: I have to walk the line on that. You're gonna you're gonna <laughs> get me in all kinds of trouble. Um, you know, and it's funny that my son, uh, growing up, he never cooked anything. And uh, being in Columbus, I'd call him up, hey, I can't talk right now, I'm helping prepare a meal. And he would never cook. He would just get in the kitchen every day, and he wanted to be part of things. And uh, And I think that's a big part of being a firefighter, is they immerse themselves in the culture, and, and they become part of that culture. Hopefully they move it along, uh, you know. Uh, but um, for a lot of years, he was cutting celery and carrots and this and that and now he smokes things on the grill and he he cooks up a storm and now when i call it's not it's not i'm helping it's uh yeah i have people helping me i i don't want to disappoint them i gotta stay involved so and i think that uh, that carries over for most firefighters if they're if they care about the job and they and they're really engaged then they learn to cook and um Culturally, it's a big part of the job. Is to have a nice, uh, a nice meal where everybody uh, sits around at the table, and uh, firefighters, you know, they they see a lot of terrible things, I guess, in their in the course of their career, and uh, a lot of things that could bring you down. And uh, I think the one big thing that keeps spirits up is that that uh, brotherhood and sisterhood now, and and that family atmosphere where they sit around the table and relax for a moment and. Laugh with and at each other at times, and. Uh it's, it, it, that's, an, that's something that's very, very important. Actually, we're building a new fire station here in the city of Brunswick. I'm, I'm quite proud of that. Uh, we worked really hard, and it's time. It definitely is going to help conditions for the firefighters here, and it's going to improve our ability to respond to the public. But uh, in working with the architects and looking, there's a you know to stay in budget, and things are so expensive now. There are a lot of compromises that have to be made. Um, but one thing that I felt was important was that. Uh, that meeting area, that kitchen area, um, it it really needed to be, uh, you know, of good quality and uh, uh, spacious enough that uh, there are a lot of problems that are solved uh, uh, and issues that are discussed around the kitchen table, so, yeah.
0: Right, not all that different than a regular family. You know, the the, the fire family, so to speak, is the same way. That is the, the meeting place for any and all things, both, you know, like you said, lighthearted and, you know, unfortunately, sometimes heavy-hearted. Yeah. Um, so uh, we'll wrap things up with this one. And, again, this is another question I always enjoy asking to, to see the different responses. But, you know, what do
1: you enjoy most about your job? Um, that and that's Or qu- several things. No, I, no <laughs> I won't limit you. So... Um... I mean, I, I, de- I definitely, in you know, I, I hope there's never another fire anywhere ever. I truly do, but if there is a fire, I want to be there, and uh, and I want I want to fight that fire. And uh, so there's a, a you know a certain level of skill you acquire over the course of time, and uh, you know, firemen will they'll say, well, I hope we get a fire today, and what they mean is, I hope if there is a fire, we're able to be there. You know, I think most people that I've come across in the course of my life want to make a difference. And, uh, you know, some people go a whole lifetime and never have that opportunity. And in the fire service, especially here in the city of Brunswick, uh, with so many medical alarms they respond to, um, you have that opportunity almost every single day. And I think... uh, You and we had this discussion this morning what a great job it is and these guys are busy, they're working hard here uh, for the citizens but uh, to have that opportunity to save a life, uh, to make that kind of difference uh, I think that's incredible and that's probably the the greatest aspect of this job for me and probably for most firefighters Wow Uh,
0: Unbelievable, unbelievable answer that might be one of the better ones yet uh, Greg, I can't thank you enough for coming on and, and providing us a little bit of insight on, you know, what it's like, what you have done and what you are doing here with the city of Brunswick and, you know, what the Division of Fire is doing. You know, like you said, keep talking about that family aspect. So it's it's a unit, you know, not a group of individuals by any means. Uh, so thanks again for coming on. Uh, be sure to check out other episodes of Who Are You and What Do You Do on Brunswick Podcasts. Until next time, see you, everybody. Thank you, Chris.